celebrate New Year's Eve? How many of you are awake? Okay. Uh, come on, let me see. How many were not awake? Oh, my Lord. Well, okay, I'm going to sound super spiritual. Cindy and I prayed when it struck midnight. And so, but, um, yeah, how many of you heard the fireworks all around you? And, you know, all right. Okay. So I've got an honest congregation. So half of you were asleep at New Year's Eve when the new year rolled around. That's all right. That says you're not afraid of what the new year holds. Um, it's been a real year, 2020. Never been one like it. And I've been ministering a long time. Never been one like it. Um, but I'm glad to know that we've got a Savior who knows what's coming before it arrives. Did you catch that now? We've got a Savior who knows what's coming before it arrives. So he never says, well, I'll be. Does he? Now, the whole world said, well, I'll be in March when COVID hit, but not the Savior. He knew what was coming. That's what I want to talk to you about today. I'm calling this, I told you ahead of time. That's the name of the message. Never preached that in my life, but I want to read to you the words of Jesus. It's a little bit lengthy, um, but I think you can stand, even though you went to sleep at midnight, before midnight, you can stand. Let me do it real quickly. Um, Matthew 24, 1 to 14, Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone will be left here upon another that will not be thrown down. Happened a little over 30 years later. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Three questions. What will be the sign of your coming? When will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming and what will be the sign of the end of the age? Jesus answered their questions. Here's what he said. Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. And they'll deceive many people. And you're going to go on and hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Because nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in many places. These are just the beginning of sorrows, meaning birth pangs. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation, and they will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations because of me and your life. And then many will be offended, start betraying one another, hating one another when it gets hot out there, persecutorial, uh, persecutorially speaking. People start getting persecuted. They go, I'm not a believer. He's a believer. I didn't say that. He said that. And it'll be even members of your own family that'll turn on you. This is what Jesus said, not Jeff. Then many false prophets will rise up. How many? Many. And deceive. How many? Many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. 
And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the worlds, a witness to all the nations. Then the end will come. Now I'm jumping down to verse 25. And listen to what Jesus said. I want you to read this with me. See, I have told you beforehand. Can we read that again? See, I have told you beforehand. That verse is what I'm pulling the message from today. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you did tell us what was coming beforehand. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today. Help us to be a church that's in the light, not in the dark, that has clarity about Scripture and not confusion. Help us, Lord, to walk in the light, even as you are in the light. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, give a shout out to your neighbor. Tell him it's going to be good today. You better listen. You're going to need it. <laughs> now, I just want to focus on those last six words because <clears throat> we, we, we call this the Olivet Discourse. This is where Jesus sat down and gave the most extended prophecy of his entire ministry. He spent two chapters answering three questions. The first chapter, he's very clear with specifics. Pestilences, earthquakes, famines, you're going to see this, you're going to see that. This, chapter 25, the second chapter, he gives several parables, warning all of us essentially to be ready, ready for his return, not to backslide, not to get out of the things of God, not to get out of prayer, not to start living in the flesh, but he gives I believe it's four parables in Matthew 25, essentially telling us, be ready because you don't know when I'm going to come. You don't know when I'm going to show up. You don't know when I'm going to appear. So always be ready. And then he closed it with, see, I've told you beforehand. I've told you beforehand. I've told you ahead of time what is coming. So his message there is, don't be shocked or dismayed when these things come to pass because I have told you what to look for ahead of time. I don't want you to be shocked. I've told you what to look for ahead of time. I remember first time I ever entered tube down a river. It was in Austin, and it was the San Gabriel River, and it was a ferocious river back then. It has some real turbulence, some real rough spots, and I had never gotten in an inner tube and inner tube down any river in my life. And so I was a little bit shaky because I'm looking at this river and I'm looking at me, and I'm thinking, I have a lot of life ahead of me still. And so I had somebody standing there, an older gentleman who was very skilled at, at uh, tubing down a river. And, and he said, I said, look, I'm a little bit nervous about this. He said, let me tell you what you're going to encounter. He said, when you first get in the tube right here, it's going to be very calm, and it's going to go very slow, and you're going to feel very good about it. But as it continues to take you down the river, as it carries you along, you're going to notice that it gets a little bit faster and a little bit narrower and a little bit rougher. He said, don't worry about it. Your fun is just beginning. He said, as it continues, you're going to come to a turn, a bend in the river. And when you go around that bend, you're going to realize that another water source has started feeding into the river. And now it has really picked up speed and become major turbulent. He said, don't worry about it. Here's what you do. Hang on to the tube, relax, and let the river carry you. Don't fight it. And he said, but then as it continues, it's really going to get rough. And it's going to spin you, 
and it's going to rock you, and you're going to feel like you're going to be thrown from the tube, and you're going to panic if you're not careful. He said, I tell you again, just hang on and let it carry you because that's the roughest part. And when that has gone on for a while, it will suddenly widen out and you'll come into a peaceful, more placid flow of the river again. And I said, okay, I got in the tube. I don't think I prayed back then. I should have. And exactly what he said, it was placid at first and then it got a little bit quicker and then it got definitely rougher, and I noticed tubers around me getting worried looks on their faces, and then it got into a place where it was spinning me, it was rocking me, and I truly did worry that I was going to drown. But then I remembered that somebody had told me ahead of time what I was going to encounter, and his words ran through my mind. So I just held on. I tried to relax. Forget it. That's a joke. That's like women with Lamaze classes. You take all those classes. When that baby starts coming, they all go out the window. And you're yelling at anybody inside who tries to talk to you. That's the way it was with this. It was still dangerous. It was very dangerous. And I, it was doing this. And I was very afraid I was going to lose. I was going to fall in and drown, be carried by this river. But I hung on, and it brought me out to that wider place that was placid again. And, and so I realized when it was all over, what had helped carry me was that somebody had told me ahead of time what I was going to encounter. Now, Jesus has told us ahead of time how rough it's going to get. He has told us what to expect, what to look for, what to recognize. He has told us clear signs to know that we're in the last days, near his return, what we can expect, and just to hang on to him and try to relax, that he's going to carry us through the rough waters to the other side, and we're not going to get to a more placid river. We're going to get to heaven one day where it is peaceful and joyful and blissful. Amen? Amen. So I just, I want the words of Jesus just to lodge themselves in you. I have told you ahead of time what to expect. Now, Jesus ahead of time words are aimed primarily at two groups of people. Remember, he's back in the first century. He's got his disciples asking him these three questions. He has just told them the temple is going to be torn down, and that is incredible to him or to them. That, uh, that's just inconceivable to them because the temple was one of the wonders of the world. It was an incredible architectural wonder. And here stands Jesus having left the temple for the last time in his earthly life. And he says, you see this glorious structure? The day is going to come when not one stone is left upon another, I tell you. This could totally rock their world. Because their whole religious life was surrounded by and, 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 and was typified by and illustrated by that temple. Now, the people that Jesus was talking to, and this is important, were those that were right there at that time, his disciples and anybody else that happened to be listening, and some of them would be there when Titus and the Roman armies surrounded Jerusalem. In Luke's gospel, Luke 21, you will see Jesus saying, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, you need to not go down in the house and get your stuff. You don't need to tarry. You don't need to hang around or linger. Get out of town when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies. And... 30 
years and some change after Jesus said that, the Roman army surrounded Jerusalem. And many believers who were here when Jesus said these words, answering these questions, fled. They remembered his words, and they fled. And they fled to the mountains of Petra, and it saved their life. So the immediate audience for Jesus here was those listening to him that were going to encounter the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 A.D. Jesus was saying these things around 33.5 A.D. So that's the first group. The second group are those of us alive on earth prior to his return. Have the same words. You and me now. See, I have told you ahead of time what to look for as my return draws near. For them, it was the destruction of Jerusalem. For us, it's the return of Jesus Christ. All right? Now, I've told you ahead of time what to look for as my return draws near. So Jesus' words are intended to be a comfort and a protection for us as we literally see end-time events unfolding before our eyes. And, And it is not pleasant to watch. It's hard to watch. There's so much turmoil, so much pain. And Jesus said it would be like a woman going into birth pangs. More on that in a moment. Now, I want to take the Lord's words, and I want to apply, I want to just take three different angles to his words, three different ways these words apply to us today, because I firmly believe that we are in the last of the last days. I believe we're in the last of the last days before the return of Christ. And so much, as a matter of fact, everything he predicted is happening around us just like he said. Now I want to show you that his words are words of comfort, words of warning, and words of hope. Amen? First, see I have told you ahead of time are words of comfort. We know that in the very same chapter, early on in chapter 24 of Matthew, Jesus had said, see that you're not troubled. I want everybody to say that with me. See that you're not troubled. Nobody can make you not be troubled but you. I can give you a word of comfort, but you've got to watch over your own soul. Jesus said, see to it that you don't allow yourself to walk around with a troubled spirit. Amen? The Amplified puts it this way. See that you are not frightened. For those things that I have listed for you that you will see before my return must take place. But see that you're not troubled. See that you're not knocked off the saddle. See that you don't walk around in a state of fear because I have told you ahead of time what is coming. So since I've told you, you ought to go, oh, yeah, that's what Jesus said was coming. Oh, yeah, that's what he said. I know that's, that's right because my Lord told me this was coming before it ever got here. Amen. So one of the the motivations on the front burner of Jesus' mind uh, was to comfort his followers as, as all these things begin to unfold right in front of their very eyes. He warned us that before his return, there would be a marked increase, for instance, of false prophets, false teachers, and false Christs. The very first thing he said, this is just one example, But they said, when will these things be, Lord? What will be the sign of your coming? Immediately, first thing out of his mouth, he said, watch out for false prophets, false teachers, false doctrine. Now, who's he talking to? He's talking to 
believers. He wasn't addressing the world. He was talking to believers. So you know what he was saying? False prophets, false teachers are going to infiltrate the church. And you got to watch out for it. False teaching, false prophecy, false doctrine. It wolves in sheep's clothing will infiltrate the church. He said, I want you to watch out for that. He says it four times. It's the only thing he said four times was that one. Just an example. Spiritual deception in the last days, Jesus said, would be pandemic. You want to talk about a pandemic? There'll be a pandemic of spiritual deception. That concerns me way more than COVID. Way more. Because there's false prophets, false teachers, false stuff out there in every arena of life. They're on TV. They're on the radio. They're standing in pulpits. False teachers, false prophets, prophesying things that never come to pass. They're never fulfilled. And yet nobody even stops to think about it. Well, didn't they say this and didn't they say that? And it was never fulfilled. It never came to pass. Nobody thinks about it. And the false prophets just keep on false prophesying. We got to wake up, church. Hello, we got to wake up. We got to wake up. If, if, it's, if it quacks and if it waddles, it's a duck. And, and if it gets up there and, and prophesies something, predicts something in the name of Jesus and it doesn't come to pass, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to say that was a false prophet. Come on, everybody. Well, they just missed it. Show me in the Bible where a prophet missed it. Show me where Jeremiah said, oops, I just missed it. Sorry, you know, you, you win some, you lose some. I thought I heard God. Do you ever hear Jeremiah saying that? Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Malachi, Hosea, any of them? No. But we got people all the time out there now in the name of Jesus predicting things that never come to pass and nobody even blinks, but I do. I, I blink. <laughs> Just giving you an example. Jesus said there's going to be an increase in worldwide earthquakes, in famines, outbreaks of pestilence, plagues in many places. There's going to be constant wars and endless rumors of another war coming. So look at the picture that he's painting. Folks, here's the truth about the end times. It's like me in that, in that tube when I got to the really turbulent water and I'm doing, doing this and I'm having to hang on. The end times are more like that. They are not like where I started, calm and placid and cool and just bagging some rays. Oh, no. No, it's more like the rough part of the river. That's the last days. The truth is the end times that we're living in are predicted to be times of trouble and distress. Paul wrote to young Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 verse 1. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Perilous means times of great stress, harsh times, times that are hard to bear. Even Jesus said, unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. What are the last days like? They're like that turbulent part of the river hanging on. The tube is Jesus. The instructions that were given to me are like the instructions the Lord gave us. I told you ahead of time, now hang on and trust me, I'm going to get you to the other side. 
Yet in the midst of all this difficulty, Jesus said, see that you are not troubled. Church, I want to say that to you today because we're in troubling times. See that you are not troubled because I've told you ahead of time what to look for and what to expect. I've got everything under control. Amen? Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. That's all right. So, so his words to us are words, first, they're, they're words of comfort to know that our Savior saw all this coming and he braced us for it. He's never taken by surprise. He's never shocked. He's never at a loss for what to do. Before the danger arrives, he's already planned your escape. Before the trouble comes, he's already planned a place for you to hide. Just like he told those early disciples, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, get out of there and run into the mountains. He told them exactly where to go. He gave them a place of escape, and they did. They fled to the mountains of Petra. And when Jerusalem was totally destroyed and the temple torn down, just like Jesus said it would be, and over a million Jewish people were slaughtered, his followers, those that cleaved to his words, were safe and sound and alive in the mountains of Petra because they listened to his words. If there was ever a time to keep our ear to the track, our ear to the words of Jesus, it's now. Now, secondly, there are words of warning. Jesus' words clearly intimate. Pay very close attention to what I've told you, lest you be overthrown by what is coming. See, I've told you ahead of time what to look for. So these are cautionary words, not just words of comfort, but they're cautionary words. They're cautionary words. The Lord doesn't want you or me to be broadsided, taken by surprise, knocked off of our faith and off of our stand in him by these things that are coming in the last days. Look how many people were just totally knocked off their faith by COVID. How many people got out of church? How many people quit praying? How many people um, really wondered where God was and what was up because of COVID? And yet Jesus told us there'll be pestilences in many places. Don't be surprised. Ride it out. I'm with you. I'm going to get you to the other side. He told us, amen? Four times, back to the false prophet thing, four times he warns of false prophets that would infiltrate the church with ear-tickling messages and feel-good teachings that are not biblical. Folks, if you were to say to me, Jeff, what's the greatest need for the church today? I would tell you immediately, discernment. Discernment. We need discernment. What's discernment? When you can tell good from evil, what is from God and what is not from God, what is flesh and what is spirit, what is bad and what is good, what is biblical and what is not. That's discernment. It's, it's when you look at something and you go, that's telling me that it's from God. That is acting like it is from God, but I can tell it's not from God. I see a wolf hiding behind that sheep's clothing. I see it. The wolf can be a person. The wolf, wolf can be a bad teaching. The wolf can be a lot of things, but we need discernment. Jesus said four times. He didn't say earthquakes four times, famines four times, pestilences four times, but four times in Matthew 24 alone, he warned of false prophets, false Christs, false teaching that would infiltrate the church. You know, you're hard-pressed today. I don't know if you've noticed, 
But you're very, very hard-pressed to find a Bible message about repentance, about sin, about the necessity of being born again, the one-wayness of Jesus, the exclusivity of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're looking on television or listening on radio or, or, or just out there in churches trying to find messages that talk about those things, rot's a ruck. What you will find is motivational seminars. You will find messages that are always telling you, you got it all going on, sister. You got it going on. There's success all over you. What you're going to find is messages with six steps to success seminars or how to get blessed in 12 different ways rather than picking up your cross Dying to yourself, becoming a disciple of Christ, accompanied with persecutions. You will not hear messages like that. That's why sitting here right now, this is rare that any preacher would stand in an American pulpit and preach this way because we don't want to lose, we don't want the money to walk out. So we're going to tell people what they want to hear. We're going to tickle their ears. We're, we're, we're going to make them feel all good about themselves. And if you get saved in one of those churches, it's really by mistake. If you go to the New Testament, you don't find messages about six steps to success and how to get blessed in 12 different ways. You hear, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Die to yourself. Live unto God. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's what you're going to hear. I personally believe that COVID is being used to purge the pulpit. And purge churches. We gotta get back to what the New Testament really teaches. We've gotta get out of this Americanized form of Christianity and get back to what the Bible really teaches. No wonder, I mean, no wonder there's so many Christians walking around. Uh, 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 maybe they've got some money, maybe they've got a nice house, but they're dying on the inside and they are not being victorious over sin and the devil. Why? Because the pulpit hadn't taught them that. We've got to get back to the Word of God. My great desire is the church would get back to the Word of God and start going, wait a minute, that's not God. That's not the Holy Spirit. Are you kidding me? That's not the Holy Spirit. How do you know it's not the Holy Spirit? Because I don't see it in my Bible. So don't don't keep God in the box. Let me tell you something. I'm going to keep God in this box, the Bible box. Now, anything that is within the parameters of the teaching of the Word of God, I'm all in. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I believe in prophecy. I believe in healing. I'll anoint you with enough oil to slide you into the next room and pray for you. I believe in all that. But I also believe a lot of things claiming to be the Holy Spirit are way out of the Bible box. And if you get out of the Bible box, you leave me behind. I'm saying in the Bible box, I want to be as Pentecostal as the Bible is Pentecostal. I want to be as charismatic as the Bible is charismatic. None of this is in my notes. I'm just telling you what I'm feeling. Because I'm seeing so much wacko stuff out there. So much zany, looney tune stuff out there. Saying that it's the Holy Ghost, it makes me cringe, especially as a lost, skeptical world watches it. Mm. I'm done. Let's stand.
I mean, let's wake up, church. Come on. Come on. We got to wake up. Now, Jesus warned us that the last days would be hard to bear. That's the truth. That's the truth. But here's the deal. Our anchor in the storm is a Savior that saw all this coming and said, See, I've told you ahead of time what to look for so it won't take you by surprise or knock you off your faith walk. Amen. So I hear Jesus saying, If you remember what I've said, you won't be shaken and you won't be moved. My word will keep you anchored. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise for that? Amen. Amen. So I may be grieved about the things I see going on in some churches, but I'm not surprised because Jesus said it would come. Now, finally, Jesus' words are words of hope. They're words of hope. They're words of hope. The things he warned us about ahead of time are merely the evidences of his soon coming glorious return. So they are words of hope. See, I've told you what to look for ahead of time. I'm telling you what's around the bend. I'm telling you what's on the way. So that when it comes, you won't be knocked off the saddle. And also you will realize that when it comes, it is the weather bell that a new day is arriving that my return is near. Jesus said, all these are the beginning of sorrows, which is from a Greek word meaning birth pangs. When a woman is in birth pangs, a brand new life is about to be born into this world. Jesus said, when you see all these signs, pestilences, earthquakes, famines, all throughout the world, false Christ, false prophets, false teachings, when you see this proliferation of all these signs happening more and more with closer and closer frequency, then you can know the baby's about to be born. And what is the baby? It's the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to this world in a brand new kingdom, a brand new world. Listen to the, these words of our Savior. This is out of the Living Bible. Watch this. When a woman gives birth, said Jesus, she has a hard time. There's no getting around it. But when the baby is born, there is joy in the birth. This new life in the world wipes out memory of the pain. I'm going to read that again. This new life that has come into the world has wiped out the memory of the pain. The sadness you have right now, said Jesus, is similar to that pain. But the coming joy is also similar. When I see you again, you'll be full of joy, and it will be a joy no one can rob from you. Amen. So if we can see our world right now, it's like a woman in labor, great with child. And the more these signs increase around us, and they are, and they will. I wish I could tell you, well, it's going to be a smooth ride. Like when I first started out in the inner tube, it's not. It's going to be rough. And I'm just telling you up front, persecutions will increase. Trials will increase. Our world will grow darker and darker, but those who look to Jesus and really walk with him are going to get brighter and brighter. The Bible says the path of the just is like the shining light that grows brighter and brighter till the perfect day. You're going to get brighter and brighter while the world gets darker and darker. We will be a remnant, and the world around us will be involved in all these things. All these birth pangs will be going on. But one day soon, everybody, a trumpet is going to blow as surely as you sit in that chair. 
a trumpet is going to blow and an archangel is going to shout. And in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trump, the dead in Christ are going to rise. And those of us who are alive and remain shall be caught up. Harpazo is the Greek word. It means violently snatched away. We will be caught up to meet them and meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Amen. That old Andre Kraut song, soon and very soon. I can't sing, but I can sure love the song. We are going to see the king. Makes me want to get somebody up here to play it. Soon and very soon. We are going to see the king. Sing it with me. Soon and very soon. We are going to see the king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to see the king. No more crying there. Oh, I'm getting going here. I need to get Cindy up here. But listen, he said what to look for. He said what to look for. And so we're to comfort one another with these words. They are words of hope. They are words of comfort. Amen. Can we stand together today? The Bible promises weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Amen. Now, I want you to know that once we're in heaven, you're not going to look back and say, oh, I still hurt over that betrayal. I still, I still hurt over what was done to me. Um, I'm still in anguish over the things that went down in that dark world before Jesus came. I remember this and I remember that and I'm still, oh, I just wish that. No, none of that. None of that. It says God will wipe away every tear. God is going to wipe away every tear. Every tear. There will be no more sorrow, no more pain, no more cancer, no more heart disease, no more need for extra strength, etc. No more migraines, no more joint pain. There will be no more looking in the mirror and going, oh, when did that arrive? <laughs> did you ever do that? Did you ever look in the mirror and go, Man, I tell you, time has made that mirror warp. Did you ever do that? Where you step on the scales and you go, oh my Lord, I need to get some new scales. These are broken. You look in the mirror and you go, when, when did that wrinkle come? Uh, you know, aging is not for sissies. But in heaven, we're going to have glorified bodies say, what are they going to look like? I don't know, but I do know this. They won't look bad. You're going to have a body that curves could not give you. You could spend all year in the gym and not look like that glorified body. That glorified body is going to be able to come up to a material object and walk through it because we get the same glorified body Jesus had. He's the first fruits of many to come. That's what the Bible says. I believe we will think and be there. That doesn't happen on earth, folks. 
That does not happen on earth. You don't think and you're somewhere else. Uh Uh-uh. It's going to happen in heaven, though. Yep. In heaven. I read about heaven this week. I don't want to go on too long, but I read about it this week. What a glorious place. The streets are like pure gold. The streets are so pure gold, they're clear, see-through, transparent. See-through. That's how pure the gold is. Can you imagine walking down that street? You don't spit your gum on that street. Right? Clear as crystal. And the new Jerusalem is made of gold. And it's clear the same way. Twelve gates, twelve foundations, twelve angels guarding the gates. God believes in borders. That's free. You can go think about that. Because it says nothing unclean is entering there. So what you're going through right now, what I'm going through, and what we're all going through collectively, and even if it gets worse, I want you to remember, I told you these things ahead of time so that they would not throw you off. Just hang on to the tube, Jesus Christ. Amen. Can we lift our hands together? Jesus, thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your glory. Lord, we are in hard times. Our world is getting darker. But Lord, not your church and not you. And we choose to walk in the light, the light of your word, the light of your truth, the light of your glory. We choose to walk in it. Thank you, Lord, that we are sons of God and sons and daughters of the light. Now, Lord, help us to be strong on the offensive, moving forward, advancing the kingdom in 2021. Thank you for putting steel in our spine. Thank you for putting faith in our heart. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us together as a church family to pray together, suffer together, believe together, and conquer together. In the name of Jesus, we praise you. Lift your hands and say, Lord, keep me strong in these last days. Say with me, I hang on to the two, Jesus Christ and his word to me. Thank you, Lord, for getting me to the other side. Amen. Give him a hand of praise today. Give him a hand of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Real quick, yesterday, don't y'all leave yet. Got people thinking, it's time to go. Hang on. (laughs) They froze. All right. Um, Yesterday, me and uh, one of our church members was in Home Depot with our mask on. We were going through Home Depot. I went to get some tools and stuff. And I told him, I can't go to Home Depot anymore uh, as a man without seeing something I think I need, a tool. So we're walking along, and I'm thinking I'm going to grab this tool. And all of a sudden, this woman gets right in my face and says, are you, and she's got a mask on too. She says, are you Pastor Jeff Wickwire? And, of course, I got a mask on. He's got a mask on. I said, yes. And she goes, I heard your voice from across the way. And she said, I was in your church years ago. 
And I remember this one thing you preached. She starts preaching to me my message. And I thought, how powerful is the word of God? Amen. Because this message, she heard this message like 15 years ago, maybe 20. But she literally laid it out for me point by point, the message, because it had an illustration in it that she had not forgotten. Because you'll forget most of this message, but you won't forget the inner tube. I've just learned that. All right. Now, um, so we talked and we chatted and I thought, look at the power of the word. Somebody that was just listening to me 20 years ago or so never forgot the power of the word. She said, it totally changed my life that day. I said, are you in church now? She said, I'm in church. She was way on the other side of town and, um, I think she may show up, but anyway, it was neat folks. The word of God is with you and in you. I want to bless you as we go. Can we? Father, I thank you for this precious congregation. And I pray that, Lord, you will revive us. Revive us, Lord. Restore us, Lord, and we will be saved. Visit us and strengthen our hearts. And, Lord, may your face shine upon this congregation. Shine your face upon us that we will be blessed this week. Lord, I speak blessing over this congregation they would walk in the word and walk in the light and grow spiritually and walk in discernment and realize and discern the good from the evil, the bad from the good, the wrong from the right. And Lord, thank you for getting us to the other side on that glorious day. In Jesus' name, amen.